Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. We got quite a bit of, bit of verses to go through tonight, uh, today. It's Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Again, the words of Jesus, do not fear, only believe. Sometimes those are the best titles is when they come from Christ. Do not fear, only believe is the title of our sermon today. And then we'll look at it in three parts. We're going to look at pain uh, from a desperate father in verses 21 through 24. Pain and suffering with the disease in verses 25 through 34. Pain of loss, but power over death in verses 35 through 43. So last week we left off with the demon-possessed man or men, as, as Matthew had two men there. Uh, and, and he's healed and in his right mind. But what do the people tell Jesus? They beg him to what? Leave. Go. And so what we have happen now is he leaves. He's going to get on the lake and head back to the other side. And once he gets to the other side, there's going to be two situations of hopelessness. One, a girl who's just starting her life at 12 years old, dying, and a father's desperate plea. And then second, a woman who's dealing with a deadly or, or an illness that is, is getting worse and has financially given, given away everything she has to try to be healed, and she comes to Christ. And it's, that illness had been going on for 12 years as well. Right? And so we, we see these two hopeless situations. But remember, as we are entering Mark chapter 5, we deal with the, uh, we, we have the hopeless situation where Jesus is the Lord of creation. And, and then he's also the Lord over evil and unclean spirits, which we learned this, this past week. And then we'll learn this week that Jesus defeats death and has victory over death. Uh, And so let's get into our first point as we look at pain from a desperate father in verse 21. It says that when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him and he was beside the sea. And so now Jesus is back on the other side of the lake and, and that crowd that he had left, remember they were pressing on him and he was in the boat. And they went into the storm. That same crowd is back. Word has gotten out that Jesus is back. And so they're, they're, they're there. Are they there for Jesus? Are they there for the miracles? Are they there to see him cast out demons? Yeah, they're there for all that. It's no different than if uh, some, some popular person would come to town. Everybody would flutter to that person, right? Uh, they want to see the show, so to say. And, and so what we have happened now is we have a crowd that's surrounding Jesus. And in verse 22, it says, They, they came, one of the rulers of the synagogue, uh, Yadas. And I had to look that up because I, I was going to say Jairus. You know, I didn't realize, man, I was completely wrong. But his name is Yadas. 
by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet. Now, Yadas actually means whom God enlightens. Well, guess what? Jesus is going to enlighten him as we go through the story. That's a spoiler alert. All right? So that's, we know what's going to happen here. One of the things that we see, too, is that he fell at his feet, and he was a synagogue ruler. Also, that uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18 says that he knelt before him. Now, one of the two things that are going to happen, you will either willingly kneel at the feet of Jesus or fall at the feet of Jesus, or you will be forcefully to do this. That's how this is going to work. You either give your life here on, uh, on earth to Christ and you're forgiven of your sins, you repent, you're forgiven, and, and you'll be in heaven with the Lord, or you're either going to be forcefully, and that's in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 11, it says, for it is written, as I, as, I, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So willingly or forcefully, it's going to happen. That's how it's going to go. Remember now, he's also a synagogue leader. So the moment that he falls at the feet of Jesus, everybody in town knows He's a follower of, uh, he's, he's following Christ now. And that's going to, that's going to cause problems with the synagogue. You can guarantee he's probably going to lose his job now. So the moment he does this, he's, he's going to, it's going to cost him a lot. What did Nicodemus do? Nicodemus didn't do that. Nicodemus came to, to Christ at nighttime. But this, this synagogue ruler falls at the feet of Jesus. And then here we see in verse 23, it says, And he implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. And anybody who reads this, as he's pleading, anyone who's had a child that's been deathly sick or even to the point of where they're hospitalized, you're in a, you're in a rough place when this happens. Uh, one of the things I remember my grandmother said, she lost um, a couple kids uh, stillbirth, and I think she, if I remember right, I hope I get this right, my dad, I think she lost one when it was barely a year old. And then my uncle passed away when he was 31. And she said the hardest thing that she ever went through in her lifetime was losing children. And it was a loss of child. And so you can imagine the father pleading, and that's what I, the reason why I say that to you is because I want you to understand the plea. This man's desperate. He has money. He's a synagogue ruler. He knows people. He knows doctors. He knows the city. And all of that is exhausted. He's heard about Jesus, and he's like, Jesus has been healing people. He can heal my daughter. And so he pleads to the Lord and falls at his feet. Luke chapter 8, verse 42 in the Synoptic Gospel tells us something very important. For he had only, for he had only a daughter. So he, this is his only daughter. This is it. And he's like, come lay hands on her. And, and that just kind of shows you the faith. Because what did the Roman centurion say? In, Romans, in Luke chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Therefore I do not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. 
He had enough faith to say, Jesus, all you have to do is speak it. But this synagogue leader, who, who's one that's in faith, is saying you need to come lay hands on her. And then she'll be made well. Just because somebody is, is knowledge of, of theology doesn't mean they're holy. Okay? I just want to make sure you get that part. Verse 24, it says, And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Now, thronging about him, they kept, uh, they kept pressing on him. That word throng means it was to the point of suffocation. So Yadas has to get to Jesus through this crowd. And it's at the point of suffocation. That's how bad the crowd is. Okay? Now, for us, one of the things, I, I, I met a young kid. I had no clue who he was. But he was a popular rapper. Kid gave his life to the Lord about a year ago. And he was at the event that we were at. And the kids were coming up and wanting pictures with him. I didn't know who he was. My son, Matt, got to talk to him for about an hour. And uh, he's new to the faith. He's been in knows the Lord for about a year. And lived in L.A. from Houston. Music popped off. They brought him out to, to L.A. Uh, got into drugs. Got into the women. Uh, a lot of witchcraft is happening in the, the music scene in L.A. <clears throat> Gang life started happening. Friend overdosed. Another one was shot to death because of some uh, dispute that happened. And, and, uh, and you know, and he was taking anything that he could ingest to try to, to, to shut the world off. And he had money. He had everything he needed. And he wasn't happy. And uh, through, through, you know, praise God, I mean, he got hooked up and, and got to meet Sandy Sandoval from POD, and they, you know, he got clean. The sponsor he had was a Christian. And, and um, you know, one of the things that we talked about is he's, he's a well-known rapper. As soon as he said he's a follower of Christ, he's just like Yadas. I told him, I said, you're just like the synagogue leader. You're in front of everybody saying, I'm no longer part of this world. I'm following Jesus. And what happens is the world starts to suffocate. And it's harder to see Jesus through the, the crowd. You got to push your way through. And I told him that. I said, you got to keep pushing your way to the feet of Jesus. That was something that I got when I looked at that word thronging. It's not a word we use every day, right? But I, I just, you know, it hit me. And I, when I talked to that young man, Craig, Craig Zinn was this rapper name or whatever it was, but he was in some popular group. I, I didn't know who he was. People were like, hey, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, let me step aside because you know you don't want no picture with me. So, but we got to talk for a while. And, and, it's, and, he, and I told him, I said, bro, you need to continue to, to seek that discipleship. You need it. Let's get back to the story here. And, and what we see now is as we go into our second point, 
we're going to see an interruption happen, right? So Yadas and them are on their way to the daughter. But what we have happen now is we have the other hopeless situation that comes in in verse 25. In verse 25 it says, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. And so we're introduced to a woman that has a, a, discharge, pro, a discharge problem or a menstrual problem. And, and one of the things that you have to understand during this time, she was an outcast. She would be considered unclean by the Jewish uh, synagogue or by the Jewish leaders. You can read about more about that in Leviticus chapter 15, verses 19 uh, through 20. But it also says... Uh, because she was unclean for 12 years. This is what Leviticus 15.25 says. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity, or if she has discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all the days of the, of the discharge she shall continue in uncleanliness. And as in the days of impurity, she shall be unclean. So this lady is an outcast. She's not allowed in the synagogue. She's not allowed to be around people. She can't touch people. It's, it, she's, she's an outcast of society. You have Yadas who has money, and this lady spent everything she has to try to get better. And one thing you need to look at, and I won't, you can take what you need from it, because I believe that, that one of the things that we do is we pray for healing, but we also need to be praying for our doctor's direction. That God would direct the doctors and the nurses. And, and when you're going in for procedure, I, I pray for whoever comes in contact with you, that there would be, you would just know that the Lord is there. I'm not, I'm not against doctors. But one of the things it does says is, and who had suffered much under many physicians. Let me tell you, if you spent any time in the VA, you have suffered under many physicians. Okay? That's just how that is. Anybody who wants socialized medicine, I always tell them, go spend six months in the VA and you will change your mind. That's how it is. You, you get a lot of, I, I, I don't know, I, Court, you probably, I don't know if you had any, but I had, I had ex, let's do an experimental, experimental surgery on your ankle. Well, that don't sound good, but that's what the Army did, right? But you can have positions. So one of the things that we pray for, I know when somebody tells me I'm having a procedure or I'm having, I'm praying not only for you, I'm praying for the doctor, I'm praying for the nurses, I'm praying that God just shows up everywhere. You know, because at the end of the day, we want him to guide, right? But it says that, uh, and, and that she had spent all she had and here's the key, and was no better, but rather grew worse. I'll leave that there. I'm not going to go into that because I'm going to get in trouble. So um, sometimes doctors aren't the cure. Jesus is. Okay? Sometimes there are things that, that, that only the Lord can heal um 
you know, and, and, and so that's why I believe that God uses doctors. Again, I'm not going to tell you not to. I want you to go to the doctor, but I want to pray for the doctor. I think that's why it's very important. My doctor's a Christian. You ever ask that question? My, my primary care doc on the outside is a Christian. Oh, that changes everything. The people he hires, it changes everything. But at the end of the day, one of the things that we need to be mindful of is that there are still miracles that happen today. People still get healed today. We prayed for Jimmy's sister. She was at the point of death. She was, they were taking her off machines and the family had to make the decision on how long they would allow and then and and guess what she recovered they had to do a tracheotomy she was up and talking two weeks ago they were ready to write her off as dead but jesus wasn't done yet we met a little girl that that uh, i say little she's 20 22 maybe 19 20 21 somewhere in there and and she she's been walking with the lord for since she was 11 years old and she does all that, that, the rock where they scream, you know, where they do the, and I was like, she hit that. I was like, Lord, I hate it. I could, I, I had no clue how the sound person was, because you could hear the speaker. I was like, that poor sound guy is probably losing his mind. But her husband and her are, he's a drummer and all, and um, in the band, and, and we got to hear her testimony, and she, she had something happen to her when she was younger and she got scared of doctors and wouldn't go and then 19 she they found out that her kidneys were shutting down that she had some kind of Ill, rare illness and she needed a new kidney and so the mom gave up a kidney I, I know the dad probably would have as well if he would have been a match. But she was in the worst pain that she had ever been in in her life. And you got to understand, this little girl gave her life to the Lord at 11 years old. Had been walking with the Lord. And um, she was at the point where she started doubting the Lord. You know, and I think about this lady because she's, got, she's not getting any better. She's getting worse. And you start doubting what, what can be done, right? And this girl cried out to the Lord. And she's like, Lord, where are you at? Where are you at? I'm in the worst pain. Where are you at? And she got an image of Jesus on the cross. And she said, the next thing that she got is, I didn't spare my son the pain of being on the cross. And she goes, in that, that moment, she realized just because we're going through something doesn't mean we're going to be spared the pain. And this lady went through this for 12 years. 12 years. And, and so we, we, she came through it and she goes, I, my faith was strengthened so much. 
And that testimony she shared, it was, man, them kids, praise God. And God used that. God used that. I mean, she's doing really well right now. She's healthy. She can scream like crazy. That's for sure. That one kidney, she's projecting really well. But the kids, she's, those kids are coming to know faith because of that. So it's very important. Uh, verse 27, it says, She had, had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. So in her broken state, in her unclean state, she works her way through the crowd. You have to understand, anybody who's had any kind of surgery where you've lost a lot amount of blood, you're weak afterwards. In her weak state, she moves through a suffocating crowd to touch the hem of Jesus, right? The garment of Jesus. She had that much faith. If I just touch his garment, I will be made well. And so one of the things that I love about this is that it's not faith and faith. That's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's not faith and faith. It's not blind faith. Your faith is in whom? The object of your faith is in Jesus Christ. And so when we make steps based on faith, our faith should be, our, our faith is based on the information that we have, which is, through the Word of God, in our relationship with Christ, we should keep moving to the feet of Jesus. No matter how hopeless the situation is, all you need to do is just keep moving to touch and get at His feet. Okay? In verse 29 it says, And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. So she's healed of her disease. These things, like we said, happen today. She's healed. That little girl was healed. Through all the pain that she went through, she's healed. She's healthy. She's out doing ministry. It strengthened her faith. See, our faith is placed in Jesus, and, and if we move toward Jesus, if we can touch Jesus, that's what saves us. The church can't save you. It's Jesus that saves you. You can, you can pray the prayer of salvation. The prayer doesn't save you. It's Jesus, the person you're praying to, that saves you. That's where her faith was at. In verse 30, it says, And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately he turned, turned about in the, in the crowd and said, Who touched my garment? So that power is dunamis power, and so power went out. Jesus is saying, we need to, I need to stop, and I know who touched me, but I, we need to deal with this, right? So he stops everything because why? He wants them to understand what just happened. He wants the crowd to understand. There's three reasons why Jesus would have done this. One, he wants that woman's testimony to go out. I'm healed, right? Two, he wanted to build her faith, to strengthen her faith, that you are healed. And the third was that she's, she was unclean. How many people did she touch? And she touched Jesus. So Jesus needs to let everybody know she's clean. She's healed. That's why. And the disciples being the disciples, in verse 31 says, And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? Now, 
Remember I told y'all about the humanity of the disciples. I probably would have been the one that said this. Come on, Jesus. The crowd is suffocating. They're touching me. Right? But remember, humanity. They're human. They're not perfect people. That's why that response is the way it is. And it says in verse 32, and he looked around to see who had done it. And the New King James says that he looked around to see her. See her. Jesus knew who it was. He looks right at her. Verse 33, But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the truth. So Jesus is focused on this one woman. She's, she's terrified. She's trembling. Because she knows that, you know, that she could be rejected by the crowd. Oh, that's that unclean. What are you doing over here? Right? But the woman also falls at his feet. And, 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 and the position that she's in, the posture that she's in, shows her humility. Same with Yaras. It's the humility of falling to the feet of Jesus. That's why we don't kneel to BLM or all that other stuff. We kneel to Christ. That's who we kneel to. That's who we fall to at his feet. Because he's Christ. They're, they're doing it in broken humility. And also in reverence of Jesus. He's touching. Touching Jesus. Can you imagine the thing that I got out of this? How many people touch Jesus? If the crowd is suffocating, many. But she touched him in what? Faith. She touched him in faith. Only two fell at his feet out of that huge crowd. That's something to remember. You can have a, a hundred people show up, or you can have two hundred people show up, or you can have three hundred people show up. And you may only get sixteen souls that come to know Christ. Because that, that skateboard park was packed. Okay? That's that's how it is. A lot of people are just there for the, the music or the free skateboarding. But there will be lives that are saved, but it's not many. It wasn't many. There was only two that fell at his feet. And it says in 34, verse 34, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has been made, uh, made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And so he's, he's telling her one of the things that you need to pick up out of that is he calls her what? Daughter. Family. Your family. When you come to know Jesus Christ, your family. You're his son. You're his daughter. And his, this is the only instance where Jesus says daughter in the Bible. Where he calls her daughter. And it says, in, uh, as we finish up our final point, as we look at uh, back to the story of Yadas, and, and we're going to see the pain of loss, but the power over death. In verse 35, it says, While he was speaking, there came from a ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So, just imagine hearing those words, Your daughter is dead. Your son is dead. Your husband is dead. Your father is dead. Your heart is going to do what? Sink. Right? 
But then the, the, the part that, I, that troubled me is when I see why I trouble the teacher any further. It made me wonder, I'm like, did they, the, the, was this person who came, did they not agree with Yadas going to Jesus? Because that's kind of a snarky, why trouble the teacher further? Why You tell them, hey, your, your daughter's dead, but why trouble the teacher any further? It's like, move away from him. And it just seemed a little weird to me when I read that. I was like, man, there's something wrong there because it's a little, little straightforward and comes our train. Verse 36, it says, But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, and this is where we get our title from, Do not fear, only believe. So imagine you have that sunken feeling in your chest and Jesus tells you what? Don't fear. Believe. Only believe. That's faith. That's going to take faith. Uh, and, and that's where we struggle. We struggle with doubt. We struggle with fear. And that's where the devil loves to, to trip people up. He wants you to be fearful of the world. He wants you to be fearful of that suffocating crowd that, that pushes you away from Jesus. That's what he wants you to fear. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. So when you start having that doubt, when you start having that, that fear that comes from the world, that comes from the enemy, you need to stop that. You need to stop that. At that moment, you need to ask the Lord to help you overcome that fear. And, and, and this verse, do not fear, only believe, should be something you should write down. The other thing you could do is hear some other verses that may help you. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and one that we know very well. Psalm 23.4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, you... Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We submit to God. We fall at the feet of Jesus when we're fearful of the things of the world. World When we're fearful of the things of the enemy, we fall at the feet of Jesus. We walk away from the doubt. And don't let go. Don't let go. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 26, it says, Then he said, Let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Some of y'all let go too quickly. What happens is something happens in your life, you get fearful and you just let go. You, you just walk away and you get sucked up into the crowd. And for what, you, what happens is you don't see Jesus no more in the crowd. Because you've allowed that doubt, that fear, you gotta, gotta hang on. And I love, one of the things that you gotta remember is you're gonna be equipped sometimes through that pain. God didn't say that you weren't gonna go through pain and suffering. You're going to have trials and tribulations. It says in Genesis chapter 32, verse 25, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint. That hurts. That's painful. But did Jacob let go? No. Same thing with us. We cannot let go. When that, when that fear comes... And it's coming from the temptations of the devil to tell you God's not here. God doesn't care. God doesn't know what's going on with you. Doesn't care that you're sick. You've been sick for six years. You've been sick since you were 28. He doesn't care. 
That's the enemy. Because I can say, you know what? God cares because I'm up today. God cares because I'm breathing today. God cares because I'm walking today. God cares because I went to Houston this week. God cares. I know. I'm going to cling to his feet. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get sucked up into that doubt and that, and that fear. That's all part of that crowd that suffocates. Verse 37, we're going to hurry up. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going too much, man. And, and he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, John, and the brother James. Why those three? Uh, either James, John, or Peter was either going to do something or say something, most likely, that would get <laughs> cause problems. So he grabs them, and y'all three come with me, right? And then he says in verse 38, Then they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. These were actually professional wailers. They were paid to mourn. Okay? How do we do this today? How many people showed up at the, at the funeral? Right? Well, we want as many people that come to the funeral. That's how you know he's loved or she's loved. By the amount of people that show up. That's not... It doesn't matter how much you wail or cry. or That's not it. Um, and then Jesus comes in and he says, And when he entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but sleeping. Right? Same thing he says about Lazarus. Right? In John chapter 11, verse 11. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I, I go to awaken him. And they laughed at him in, in verse 40, and they laughed at him, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those uh, who were with him uh, and went uh, where the child was. So the, the, the mourners are paid mourners. They're wailing and crying, and look how quickly they changed from laughing to scoffing at Jesus, right? It's that, it happens that quickly. And then... Uh, what we see now is, is the, the father and mother come in. You can imagine the father's probably out of his mind by this now because he was, he was the first one to Jesus and then Jesus got sidetracked with the woman with the discharge. Then he gets sidetracked with the whalers, right? The professional whalers. And, and he's still, his daughter is still, as far as he knows, his daughter is dead. And, and so one of the things that we need to remember is that, that when we're in the storm or we're going through something in our life, God's delay may happen. It may not be answered when you think it's going to be answered. And when you get upset with God, that's your agenda. That's not God's. That means that's your agenda. You're upset because your agenda, your your, your, what you wanted to happen didn't happen and you get upset with him because that's your, your thing. That's not what God's doing. God works in his own timing. He may delay, right? He may say no. He may say maybe later it's going to happen. And it's not happening right now. But you have to stay faithful. And that father, you can imagine, that's why he said, do not fear, only believe. It's, it's easy for us to, to put our, our, our faith in our agendas. I need this to happen now. 
Some of y'all may have been going through stuff for a long time. And God's saying, look, I, I hear you. You just keep coming to me. Keep sticking at my feet. It's going to happen when I say it's going to happen. Remember, he's God. You're not. That's what my, my dad would always tell me. <laughs> Remember, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Go to the throne of grace. That's at his feet. Finally, verse 41, it says, Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha uh, kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. So, uh, actually, that is an Aramaic that would have been her native tongue. Uh, and, and it saying to her arise and so Yadas's a daughter uh, from uh, from death to life she's raised and, and and like Jesus said she wasn't asleep she was just asleep um, and for us you know death isn't our last you know that's something that I don't know why you know we struggle with that so much I think I, I saw so many people fear death during COVID I'm like, dude, I, I'm, I'm going to be in heaven. I got an illness already. I'm going to have a new body. I'll have probably hair. I'm hoping I get my blonde hair back when I was a kid. You know, it flows in the wind like Fabio. Y'all don't know who that is. So, <laughs> But, I mean, we need to remember that death is not the end for us as believers. We mourn when people pass. That's part of it. But we need to remember where they're at. They're not thinking about you. Right? They're in heaven with Jesus. They're at peace. They're not dealing with the sins and, and the mess of this world. You know, it's just something for us to remember. And then verse 42, it says, And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years old, or 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. You see the word immediately, it's just used over and over through this chapter as Mark. Uh, gives it and and he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat so he is asking them to keep this quiet and the reason why he's asking them to keep this quiet is because it's not time for Jesus to be revealed now this is something for us to remember too as a principle for us is God always does things at the right time right even in in my life in your life uh, what he does, he does in his time. Second, the reason why Jesus didn't want every, every person uh, to know is that if, if, if he healed death, what is everybody, or he healed sickness, everybody's going to want to be what? Healed. And that's not God's specific plan for each person's life. Now that's hard for somebody to hear that's sick. What do you mean God doesn't want to heal me? It's going to happen. It may not be here on earth. And, and you have to come to grips with that. Can you come to grips with that? That's a hard thing. 
But you have to come to the realization, you know what? He'll give you strength to get through your day. Paul, was Paul healed? He wasn't. One of the things I know for me, if I wasn't healed, I'd be at the beach. If I was healed, I'd be at the beach all the time fishing. I would be, I'd probably be like that 55-year-old trying to skateboard. Doing stupid stuff. What, when, with my illness, it makes me lean on God. Because it reminds me I need God every day to get through the day. And those of us that have struggled with illness or have struggled with something in our life that has gone on for a long time, God is there. He loves you. Just stay at his feet. Stay at his feet. So we see the two people, Yadas and this young, or this woman that had the, uh, the blood hemorrhage. One wealthy, the other poor. One respected, the other rejected. One a synagogue ruler, the other was an anonymous nobody who was considered unclean. One was wealthy with a young child and the other with a hemorrhaging issue for 12 years. But both of them, Jesus met them at, met their needs at his feet. All their needs were met at the feet of Jesus. And so that's a reminder for us, we need to be at the feet of Jesus. When you are in a hopeless situation, you need to be at the feet of Jesus. So our first application, real quick, we'll run through these pretty fast. Uh, Yadas was a synagogue ruler, and the moment he comes to uh, the feet of Jesus, he's coming to a public crowd and seeking help for his daughter. Do you hide your faith from people? Have you become that secret agent Christian? Nobody knows you're a believer. Yadas came out in the public, and, and everybody knows now that he's, he's with Jesus. Second, the crowd was strong into the point of suffocation. It was not easy for Yadas or the woman uh, with the illness to get to Jesus. Many were just there to see the miracles, to see the demons cast out, or, or to see what the fuss was about about this man named Jesus. The world does well... Uh, uh, the, the world does the same. We have a lot of people that know Jesus but don't follow Jesus. Okay? They know about Jesus but they don't follow Jesus. They're just like the crowd. Right? They're just like the crowd. So the crowd is suffocating. That's the world, the enemy. Is there a situation in your life maybe where the illness or a marriage or a family conflict, or a sin, or even an addiction has created doubt in your life and it has suffocated your hope? Has it kept you from moving through the crowd to get to the feet of Jesus? Third, Yadas was held up by the, the, the woman that was sick and then received the news that his daughter had died. And yet Jesus' response was in Mark chapter 5, verse 36, Do not fear, only believe. Fear is hard to overcome, but when we, when we can, because we have Christ, if, if we plead and come to the Lord, He's quick to hear us. Have you pleaded to have the Lord remove an illness, pray for healing, or have some other priority that's in your life that you feel like God's laid in? 
and you haven't gotten your answer from Christ? Do you get upset with God? Did it cause you to stop going to the feet of Jesus? Why? That's between you and the Lord. Why? You gotta you gotta keep moving through that crowd. Keep don't let go. Don't let go. Remember that that sometimes the delays that you're going through, the pain that you're going through, the suffering that you're going through, the trials that you're going through, is to do what? Where you keep going to who? Jesus. And it grows your faith. And then when you come out on the other side of that thing, you go, man, Jesus did this, and Jesus did that, and I saw him move here, and, and that's all the Lord. It's all the Lord. But what happens is we, we, we allow the, the, the crowd, the world, to suffocate us, and we lose sight of where Jesus is at. Man, it's, you stick right next to him. And you start having issues, you just fall. <laughs> just fall at his feet. You know, the, the, the most powerful people that are the ones that are, have strong prayer lives, they're the people that you don't see up on a stage. They don't, you don't see them. Those are the people, it's like Matt was telling me, he goes, the people that, Dad, that, that impacted the Billy Graham movement or what the Harvest was doing or what Chuck did were the people that were never seen on stage but were the ones that were at the feet of Jesus praying. Remember that. So let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Uh, pretty fun scripture this week. Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you, Lord, and we, we do pray. Um, it is so easy for that crowd to uh, to throng us and to suffocate us and, and, and we lose sight of you. Lord, let us stick next to you. Let us in those times of need, in those times of hopelessness, in those times of just getting through the day that we just fall at your feet and pray. We thank you so much for uh, this week. We pray for, for Marcus and their family and their business. We pray for the Winston Ranch. We saw some beautiful pictures up this week, and we just pray for them and their business as well. Uh, we lift up uh, each family here, each marriage here, and we pray for anyone, any one of us, Lord, that are, that are sick, that you would strengthen us, that you would help us uh, to be at your feet. To uh, You know, we pray for healing, Lord, and we know that you heal. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen, but we also pray for those lost souls. I pray if there's anyone that's watching online that's struggling with any kind of illness or fear, uh, that you would just continue to, uh, to minister to them today, Lord. Let us, let us look at these scriptures today and remind us how we need to have that faith and our faith needs to be in you. And we take our steps by, by watching you. We take our, 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 our leap of faith by trusting you. And so I just pray, Lord, that we would do that. I pray we would do that this week. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.
We would love to invite you to come out and join us for our free prayer and worship night on Sunday, September 12th at 6 p.m. at the VFW parking lot located at 211 West College Avenue in Divine, Texas. Performing that night will be Darren Miller, Jarrell, the Rise Worship Band, the Grace Worship Band, and a special message from Pastor Wade Collier all the way from Houston, Texas. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 5, it says, Stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessings and praise. Come join us as we stand up and worship the Lord and lift up the city of Divine, Medina County, and the state of Texas. We hope to see you there. To get more information on this event, you can go to calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org.